let's get started. I'm Joe. And I'm Brian. And we are Where is the Rulebook? We're going to bring you a weekly board game walkthrough for your lunch break or daily commute. This season one of Where is the Rulebook? We'll be focusing on games to get you started in the world of board gaming or just any staple for a game night. We will be walking you through the rulebooks of some of the most loved board games known by all. In today's episode, we introduce a new game. We'll give you some general information about it. Then we'll talk about how you win, what it takes to set it up, actions each player can take per turn, and what causes the game to come to an end. We have laid out a few examples that you will see when playing the game, and we're gonna play those through with you. Then we'll get a little more personal, talk about our strategies, our opinions of the game, and if we recommend you guys picking this game up. For today's game, we are all in control of a galactic empire trying to gain influence by acquiring planets to add them to our system. Let's open up the rulebook for Tiny Epic Galaxies. On the box, this game will take 30 to 45 minutes to play and can be played between one and five players. It is best with three, though. This game can be classified as a card drafting, dice rolling, and action taking game. Now, where is the rule book? And when you open the box, you're going to find a handful of items. You're going to find galaxy mats, empire, energy, and culture tokens, and ships for every player that's playing. One control mat, a bunch of planet cards, 12 secret mission cards, custom action dice, and of course, the rule book. Once you have everything out of the box, it's time to set up the game. You begin by giving each player a galaxy mat in a color of their choice. Then each player takes four ships, one culture token, one energy token, and one empire token in the same color. Each player will start with two ships in the center of their galaxy mat, standing upright. The other two ships will be placed on the right-hand ship track on the numbers outlined with a square, which is three and four. Place the culture token on the one and energy token on the two on your game board. Finally, place the Empire token on the first base of the track. You then will shuffle all the planet cards, and you will draw two more than the number of players you have playing the game, and you will place them face up in the center of the table. Place the control mat and the seven action dice in the center of the table also. And lastly, we're going to shuffle the secret mission cards. We're going to deal two to each player, and then the player picks one, keeping that one, and discarding the other one back to the box without showing anyone. Now that the game is set up, We'll talk about what you do on each turn. The game takes place over a series of turns going back and forth between each player until one player has 21 or more victory points. To start, the youngest player goes first. Then players take turns rolling and activating dice, and the number of dice will change with your empire level on your galaxy mat as you upgrade it. Roll the dice, and you may move any of the actions you wish to the activation bay on the control mat. And then... At any point, you may re-roll any number of dice. The first re-roll is free, but any other take one energy. Other players may follow your activation dice. Once the current player activates a dice, all the other players have a brief moment where they decide whether they want to follow that action. If they do, they must spend one culture. And as we roll the dice, you're going to see a handful of actions. You're going to have move a ship, advance a colony, acquire resources, utilize a colony, and also a handful of resource actions and i will go over them in detail so if you do decide to move a ship it's going to be the arrow with the rocket ship on the dice you get to move one of your ships from the current planet or galaxy to another planet when arriving to this planet a ship may do one of two things they either can land on the surface of the planet 
If you land the ship on the planet, you stand the ship upright, and you immediately perform the action listed on the planet. Or you can orbit the planet. By doing this, you place your ship in the starting position on the colony track, laying it on the side. The symbol at the end of that track determines the actions that you'll need to advance the ship along the track. The first player to reach the end of the track will colonize that planet, scoring the victory points for themselves. And whenever you take a move action, you have to move to a new planet. You can't go from orbiting to landing on the same planet without going in between. The next kind of action is acquire resources. Planets can produce two different kinds of resources. This is energy, which looks like a lightning bolt, and culture, which looks like a pillar. When an acquire resource die is activated, acquire one of that resource for each of your ships on or orbiting planets with the matching symbol. You'll move the culture or energy token up the resource track to show how much you've acquired. You may only have a maximum of seven for each. We have advanced colonization. While orbiting a planet, ships work towards colonizing it by advancing along its colony track. Depending on the planet, you can either use diplomacy or economy to do so. The symbol on the last space of the colony track determines which action you must use. You'll activate the die to advance one ship forward, one space on the colony track. When you advance to the end of the track and reach the diplomacy or economy symbol, you have colonized the planet. All ships on the card are returned to the owner's galaxy mats. You'll take the planet card and slide it under the action section on the galaxy mat so that the planet's text and point values are still visible. Announce your new victory point total, and a new planet card is then drawn to replace it and placed in the galaxy left by the colonized planet. Another one of the dice options is going to be the dice that you're going to use to utilize a colony. It's going to look like kind of a city with the sun in the background of it, potentially, maybe a moon in the background. And you can activate this die and you either perform the action on your galaxy map, which every player's is going to be the same, or you can do the action on one of the planets you've already colonized. And the one that's the same for everyone on the galaxy map is the upgrade your empire. And you're going to spend the number of resources equal to the next level of your empire track. And the cost must be paid entirely either with energy or with culture. You can't combine them. So if the next one up is three to move up you either need to spend three energy or three culture also you can use the converter found on the control mat to use the converter place any two inactive dice that have not been used into the two slots in the converter then change the face of a third inactive die to the face of your choice this can only be done once per turn and the two dice in the converter are considered spent may not be activated and cannot be followed and once you've activated as many of the dice that you wish to activate, you don't have to activate all the dice that you roll. But once you've decided you're, you're done activating dice, the players get a brief moment to follow the last action. And then you remove all the dice from the control mat and the play passes to the next player in clockwise direction. And like we already said, once a player reaches 21 victory points or more, the end of the game is triggered. Victory points from the secret missions do not count towards this ending. Play continues until all players have taken an equal number of turns. And the player with the most victory points at the end, which is going to be that announced total and any of the secret mission points that they have gotten, the player with the most points will win. If there's a tie, the player with the most colonized planets wins. If there's still a tie, the player with the higher highest galaxy level wins. And if it's still a tie, the player with the combined total of resources wins. If it's still a tie, 
somehow. If it's still a tie again, you share your victory. So to keep it fresh, we're gonna change it up again. Before, we used to play a few turns, five or six turns, you guys would listen to us play. And then we would do some sample turns. We decided in this game, there really wasn't anything to do as a sample turn. We think it, all the actions are just the dice, you activate them, they all tell you what to do and where to do them. I felt like there wasn't a point to talk about them again. We just talked about what to do in each turn. So we're gonna jump straight into strategy. What do you do to win this game? Well, what I do to win is I try to get to 21 points or more. First. <laughs> first. <laughs> no, so this is the first game we have talked about where you don't, it's not that there isn't a strategy, it's just playing smart, right? Using your resources to the best of your abilities. It's kind of hard, right? Cause yeah. No, absolutely. There's not like, oh, I would recommend doing this every time because you're 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 always at the mercy of the dice. Because if you roll nonstop, let's say uh, colonization, but you don't have anything to colonize, <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's my turn. Yeah. Um, which I guess the converter would come in handy. Which funny thing to say was the first time I noticed there was a converter on the mat. I don't think I've ever seen it used. Um, <laughs> but I guess to your point, you could use it if for some reason, even with your re-roll, you still roll the exact same. But yeah, it technically takes three dice because you take two to convert to one of anything new. And to start, you only have four dice <laughs> and you only get up to seven. So you're using almost half just to get one thing when you could spend an energy and re-roll five and maybe yeah. get two of those things. Maybe that's why I never noticed it. I, I, I don't even remember ever being a rule and yeah, it's right I, there on the mat. <laughs> it is. It's on It's on the activation bay mat, but yeah, it's, I don't think I've ever seen it used. But uh, I, I guess the strategy is there really isn't a strategy. But yeah. I think it's cool because you can't just do one thing and win this game. That's true. Like, you can't just colonize planets. Yes, you can get 21 points by doing that, but there's no way you're going to be able to roll all the things that you need to to get all those points quick enough. You can't just upgrade your empire because that only gives you eight points. It's like you have to do a little bit of everything, which I think why there's not really a strategy. You know, I think... There is one thing I do tend to do, though. So the the culture planets and the culture die are very unique because it allows you to take any die your players play on their turn. I always think that's really, really cool. And I tend to focus and gravitate, pun intended, to the planets that have the, the culture because so you, can, so you get two turns practically yeah you get more turns now you do have to use those to upgrade but if you because people tend to use their energy to reroll and then their culture to upgrade i find because you use one or the other but if you use your energy to upgrade and just get the culture the culture can be anything i don't need to reroll when i can just be like i do want to do what you're doing over there yeah. How important is it for you to get multiple? You start with two ships. Yep. And after two upgrades to your empire, you get three ships and then eventually you can get to four. How are you focusing on that? Are you focusing more on getting more dice, which obviously go hand in hand, but the benefits change when, when you get those. It's a mix of both. And it's a mix of what the cards, because all the planets have different abilities. 
and being able to look at the planet and say, okay, this planet allows me to spend two energy to advance the economy too, right? Of another planet. That's pretty good. Or convert any number of energy into, into culture. That's really good for me. So I think it's being able to play with what you have on the planets as well. And there's also the race. So, I mean, I could go to a planet and I could start orbiting it, but if someone else gets five moves on me, they're just going to take it. Do you tend to avoid the planets that are that only take two? And obviously they're only worth one victory point or maybe two victory points compared to three, five, seven. So some of the ones that, you know, take six moves. I tend to stay away. There are planets that are flashy and they're worth like five points, right? But I find that when I when we play or when our group plays, people start going to the same planet. I'll just ignore those planets. I don't want to be caught in there because if you don't, you get don't want to do the second race, the the yeah. race to gain them, plus then racing someone else to get them. Right. Yeah. The the more victory points each planet is worth, the better their action is. But yeah, I mean it takes six turns to get those seven points, and like you said, there's going to be two or three people potentially on that planet and if you don't get it you just your ships go back and they're just kind of wasted yeah it is nice they come back to you and not completely wasted but what yeah. about you i like to get the three ships pretty quickly i i think it's probably my first thing is just getting up obviously that increases my dice to five but i think that's just a, a benefit that i get from that i like three ships because i like to be able to have a ship to move around and usually this one i will I tend to keep one ship that I land on planets. So I'll just bounce that around to planet to planet just to get whatever benefit I need that current turn. And then the other two, I like to have orbiting. Usually one big one, one small one. So one is like doing a lot of the small orbits. The other one is focused on one of those ones that takes six. But it's cool because I can move my third one and I can just move to one of the ones that are seven, which is repeat the action and all the dice that are already activated. So by just moving to that one, I get to do all the things again. So it takes six to gain that planet, but I can do it with just a move also. Yeah, it's it's interesting because between our strategies and any other strategy that our friends use, I don't think any one person's ever won the same way twice. Yeah, I don't. Like I, I think because you, you have to do... You have to be adaptive. Yeah, you have to do all of them. Because, I mean, like, again, you're at the mercy of the dice roll. If you roll all conveniently one die, it's like, well, I, I might as well because <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. And I think I'm with you. I think I tend to keep culture because I want to copy your move. It also makes you, makes the other, I guess not just you, it makes all of the other opponents question what dice they're going to activate, mm-hmm. knowing that. I'm not afraid to spend my culture to copy that. So if you if you decide to activate that dice, like I'm going to move mine too. So I don't mind spending that culture for that move. So it kind of makes it the other players I play against usually don't do that. I think you're the first person that has also mentioned that they like doing it. And I'll just, I do it and other people tend not to use their four dice because they're afraid that I'm going to copy them every time. I think people hold them in too high a value to the culture thinking like oh i must wait i tend to just to use them to get advantage when i can i'll probably copy one at least every turn yeah if not more (laughs) 
I guess it's a good I guess it's a good word of advice is don't don't piggy bank your energy and your culture. Yeah. You only can have seven of each and I don't think you need seven <laughs> of each. I mean, unless you are obviously trying to upgrade to, you know, the fives and the sixes of the the empire to get but you only can upgrade one at a time. Yeah. Use them. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a balancing act of keeping the culture and energy high-ish, middle-ish, and then just using them. No point to hold on to them. Going back to the game itself, the Tiny series, it's something that we haven't talked about before, but Tiny, epic whatever, <laughs> is is a very large, I guess at this point, large series yeah. of games that are very unique because they're they're tiny. <laughs> Don't quote me, but probably at least ten of them, I would think. Like there's quite a few. Pirates, zombies. They're still making more. Yeah, they come out they're on Kickstarter all the time. We've kickstarted uh yeah. some in the past. I I love them on Kickstarter. They and I also I haven't got one, but I've looked at them often and we've talked about it like, you know, a bag to carry our board games around in because we do bounce between houses to play. But Tiny makes their own, which perfectly fits their games. <laughs> you can hold like six of their games in their little clear bag. It's kind of cool. I've never got it, but it's a neat idea. Oh, I didn't even know that existed. All of their boxes, like you said, are the same size and they are tiny. They do, They just do such a good job. So not, not just this game, but I kind of want to praise all of their games that they use everything in that box. It's so, true. Sometimes even the box. Yeah, is it tactics that the ma- the maps are on the box so you yep. actually get like a 3D map in the yep. tiny box. Yep, and the same thing with like their their dungeons or their quest. It's just I like that they use everything. Like even inside <laughs> of this box, there's more rules <laughs> inside. Yeah, they have the the cheat sheet and also like because this is the I I think this is their first one. Tiny Epic Galaxy was the first one they made. And so they didn't do it. There's not a map or anything. So like the top of the box is a dice tray. Like they advertise it as a dice tray, which is kind of just kind of a cool idea. But I mean, there are, there are a bunch of them. And I, I recommend them. I yeah. think as a whole, they're all really good. I think until like a week ago when we had a list of the games that we wanted to do for season one, it just said tiny Epic with a question mark because <laughs> there literally is so many that we didn't know which one we were going to cover. Obviously deciding on this one being the first one they came out with. And I think it's the easiest of them. That's Not that the thing. it's easy, but it's the easiest of them to pick up and play. Yeah. Some of them, uh, like I argue that zombies is very complicated. Yeah, I think I think we just played it at a bad time because it really is a pretty that one I think is actually I think it's easier than this one. But it's a co-op version, so it again whoever is the loudest one gets to do the whole control of everyone and so it kind of as long mm. as one person knows what to do it's fairly simple. But I think that was the first game I saw meeples with holes with weapons to put weapons in there <laughs> which is like the coolest thing i've ever seen well they got ones now that i keep i i every time we see it i'm like oh i should get this i don't know why you haven't bought it yet because i'm weak i'm weak-willed <laughs> <laughs> and uh it's like they're the mechs yeah, one tiny epic mechs and you can put them in battle suits and it's just like i like that the fact that they just like transform and get bigger and they're just these big body suits of armor yeah I, yeah i'm surprised that neither one of us had that yet 
and pirates i haven't played pirates yet but they have now expansions to that one to go back to tiny epic galaxies though I like, and like I was saying about how they tend to use everything, I like that the quality of this is top-notch. It is a $30 game, so it's it's the same price as some of the other games we've reviewed. It's the low end of the games, usually. But, but. it's all quality. Yeah. Nothing in here is cheap. Um, I like that the pieces are all nice, like the little card stock, whatever, the, whatever you want to call this. Yeah. The, it's like playing card. Card stock. Yeah. Uh, the dice are like the best dice, by the way, that I've ever used. Um, all like the, the quote meeple wooden pieces for the ships. Everything just feels yeah. good. The dice are like just a little bit smaller than a normal six sided, but they don't feel too tiny by any means. But they are definitely a little bit smaller. Would you say epic? They are, I would <laughs> say that they're very tiny, epic dice. Isn't one of their games yet. So if there is oh, man, it's a game that now. comes out, I would like, you Copyright. know, 5% of that sales on Kickstarter. But yeah, I agree. And I think it's cool. Like, they're not just printed. Like, they're engraved with the little dice objects and which one is which. But I think what makes them such a nice selling point, too, and this game specifically, is you could play this anywhere. You don't need a lot of space. Don't need a lot of space. That was the downfall of zombies. You did, you need, even though the box is tiny, you needed a pretty big table to play because yeah. everything unfolds unfolds and... to it. But yeah, this one, you don't need a lot of space. And I, we've talked in the past about how we tend to unbox our games and bring them with us when we go like camping or whatever. And I've tried to unbox and it doesn't even make any sense to unbox it because like literally it uses every like ounce of that <laughs> box and by unboxing it, it makes it harder to move around. Yeah. There's not a lot of empty space in that box, which is nice. Yeah. It's nice that they're all the same. So when you stack them up too, it makes it look real nice. Yep. Uh, it's good, good, good touch. Good touch. Yeah, it is cool that they, I mean, obviously they are playing with that being their name, Tiny Epic, but. It's just cool that all of their games are the exact same size. It makes that game shelf. It almost makes a dedicated spot on the shelf for them, even though they're not going to be the most expensive game on your shelf by any means. But you're going to have a whole shelf of, of these games because you're not going like, to mix them around because they're all perfectly the same size. You're going to stack them on each other. Uh, is there any, and I know we've gotten a little bit off topic from the base game we're talking about, but I kind of wanted to make a point that we're recommending any of them. Yeah, I think theme-wise, just go with one that you like. Yeah. I, I, I would look into it a little bit, because like we said, zombies is co-op, and you need space. Tactics, you do need a solid, pretty medium-sized space, I would yep. say, with the boxes, because that one's really cool, because you actually flip the boxes upright, and it's like part of the map. Have you played Western? I haven't played Western. I don't even think I've even seen that one in the store, to be honest. I've seen like Pirates and yep. Max. And there's a dinosaur, I think, now. Um, there's also the, like I said, there's dungeons and there's oh, quests yep. and there's kingdoms, which I've never seen kingdoms either, but yeah. uh, that's another big one. There's just so many. There's there's a lot of them. And yeah, they're, they're oh, all different. They're all, at least the ones I've seen. They're all different enough that I don't feel like when I bought Tiny Epic Zombies or Tactics, I wasn't like, I already have this game. Yeah. Like, yeah, the box is the same size. It's made by the same people. But the game was very different. Even yeah. like everything about it is different. And that's what I like is it's 
a different adventure yep. in every box. Yeah, I would say a theme that you find most pleasing and find one of them that matches that theme. Yeah. I was going to say something. I forgot. One player mode. Oh, yeah. And I I think all of them are playable with one player. And I've only played this one and zombies one player. I haven't played any of the other ones one player. But both a lot of fun. Good rules, easy to understand. A Like wingspan, you're not playing just the exact same game. Like it changes it enough that you feel like it's different. But it's just as much fun. And as sad as it is, playing games by myself is something I do often. <laughs> and so I, I I do tend to try these ones out. And some of them are just not that great. And other ones are good. And these ones both have been good so far. I like that it's like a dedicated... They dedicate, they make time to be like, okay, we want to have a one-player mode in this. How is it possible? Yeah, for a $30 game, you wouldn't need it. Like, for 30 bucks, it's... Like you said, it's it's up there, but it's not even really the average. I would average being like forty ish or so. I was like, so they could cut a lot of the corners and I think people would still have bought them, but I don't think they would have got the popularity from Kickstarter the way that they did and the way that they do every time they put one out there. The Kickstarters are are nice. They often uh if you ever do Kickstart one, they throw in a lot of bonus stuff that they don't sell ever. Yeah, like, bonus ones, and they also they do, like, the common. You can get two or four. I think when we got Tactics, we actually got the four-pack. Yep. And we found, you know, two other people that also wanted them, and we all got it, and, you know, we saved a little bit of money because we got four of them instead of just... But we got shit. bonus map that doesn't include... They, they don't sell it. Yeah, we got bonus one. maps and stuff like that, which is always fun. Yeah, it's nice just being, like, makes you feel special. <laughs> it's It's cool that it's a bonus map and because a lot of times you see with kickstarter just like an upgraded piece or like upgraded tokens which are always fun and nice to have yeah but not ever technically needed and like the map like it's a whole new game board that you can only play if you kickstarted it which is cool it's it's like a little uh a little nod to the fans the people who actually wanted it i like that it's i like that it's they don't make it super complicated, right? They don't have a lot of space to work with. They don't have a lot of game to work with. So they, it's pretty. Yeah. It's cool that they have so many pictures. Cause like in a small rule book, you think the first thing that goes is the illustrations. But yeah. they have like half page pictures of like player mats and stuff to explain what's on there. And I mean, they decided that that was an important thing. Again, that's why they've got as popular as they have with Kickstarters because people know how to play the game when they open the rule book. Yeah, you know you're getting quality. Yeah. Do you have a favorite theme? I know you said you wish you you surprised you haven't picked up the uh, the mechs yet. So I'm very interested in the quest one. Uh, is that going to be like D and D style? I don't think we really looked into the quest too much. So I haven't looked into it too much, <laughs> but I am at I am a, a sucker for fantasy. Yeah. Another game that we purchased not long ago is Clank. Yep. And Clank has Clank in space. And Clank, which is just like a fantasy one. And Clank in Space, in all arguments, is so much better. You don't know because we haven't played normal Clank. 
but you want normal clay. But I want just it. because it's fantasy, even I'm, though it's like half the game for the same price. <laughs> I am a sucker when it comes to like magic and sword fighting and the whole fantasy theme. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm drawn to that and a lot of games. Uh, a number of games on my shelf are, are themed that way, and I bought them simply because, oh, I like magic. That has <laughs> magic. <laughs> but uh, I think Quest looks interesting to me. It's tough because I kind of want to play them all <laughs> in some aspect, you know, because I'm like, yeah. I want to try it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I uh, guess that's what the benefit of being a $30 game, too, because you don't question. If they were all 60 bucks, you'd be like, okay, you know, I'm not buying one every month. Thirty dollars, like, yeah, I can make that happen. Right. What about you? Is there a, a one that you're looking? To... I think the next one that I'll probably get will be dinosaurs, just because I feel like dinosaurs are kind of popular now. Obviously, with like all the Jurassic World and stuff that's come out, and there's a bunch of games that are kind of themed with dinosaurs currently. But because it's still kind of a new popular trend i guess i want to see what they do with dinosaurs but i think overall i mean currently i think zombies is actually probably one of my favorite ones that i've played with them but i think i just think zombies fits this board game in the same way that you like the magic and the wizards and stuff like i feel like mine would be zombies you do like zombie side I, yeah zombie side is great needs a whole book of house rules to make it better <laughs> but like it's just it's a fun themed game because the same way that you have that that love for for the magic i don't get to fight zombies in real life and you don't get to wave a magic wand in real life <laughs> so it's kind of like it's just enough that like it seems realistic enough because you know there's so many movies and shows about it but it's also far-fetched enough that it's like a fun environment to jump into but yeah i think dinosaurs is probably the next one that i'll be looking at and then maybe that bag eventually to hold them all. And we'll, we'll get mechs last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mechs, which we both kind of want, we won't buy because... Is it bad I want it just to put a meeple in a mech suit? I mean, that's, that's the only reason why I want it. I think that's the first thing that I looked at when I saw zombies. I'm like, I can make this zombie hold a... I mean, I can make this meeple hold a chainsaw. Like, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> well, in true nature of this game, I hope you enjoyed this tiny let's say shorter podcast about tiny epic galaxies i would recommend like joe said finding your favorite theme picking one of these games up or grabbing one off the shelf again playing it again soon trying a new one out soon and for upcoming episodes we're going to open the rule book and a few more staples like forbidden island and Surrow. check back every wednesday for new episodes you can find our page on instagram at where is the rulebook or email us at whereistherulebook at gmail.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and leave us a rating on your podcast app today. This season is sponsored by TC Paintball, local to Traverse City, Michigan. TC Paintball is a paintball, airsoft, tabletop, card, and board game store that excels at bringing in the community to enjoy all of our hobbies. But all of these games are either owned by one or both of us and are not paid sponsorships. Also, to all of our listeners, you can receive 10% off all board games and 15% off the featured board game each month just by mentioning Where is the Rulebook? And a huge thank you to John Ransom for making our theme song and the music you listen to while we're playing the game. 
And if you love that song as much as we do, check out Jack Pine for more music with John. Thanks for playing.